Welcome into the New Year's edition of the Dolphins in Depth podcast. Star of the show, Adam Beasley, and caddy of the show, Armando Salguero. And Beasley, last week I scared some listeners with some fake Mondo Santa Claus uh, impersonations, and I'm not going to do that with the New Year's baby impersonations for this week. I'm just not going to go there with my fake... New Year's baby impersonation to start this podcast. Well, we're already losing out then as listeners because that would have been obviously the highlight of the next half hour. Um, Yes, and, you know, I thought about it. I thought about the diaper, you know, wearing moment for this part (laughs) of this this podcast, and I I went a different direction. Let's just say that. Well, 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 here's the thing. Uh, As I shared with you before the show, the cover art I'm using with the story attached to this is Tua throwing a three-yard dump off to uh, Miles Gaskin. Now I've got to change gears and Photoshop you as Baby New Year, and that's got to be uh, that's got to be the picture that goes with the story. That would be awesome. Yes, uh, remember to include as always that the top hat and the diaper and the flute of champagne and the cigar, <laughs> please. Because that's how we bring in a new year, in diapers and champagne. That's how it works. Well, here's what's amazing, is that it is today, as we tape this, it is December 29th. Uh, New Year's Eve is just 48 hours away. Happy New Year! Happy New Year to you. And the Dolphins, if only games in 2020 counted, would be the five seed in the AFC. Unfortunately, New Year's Mondo there is a game in 2021 that will count. And that game could determine the, uh, the, the trajectory of the rest of the season if the Dolphins actually get to the playoffs or if they do not. And so I ask you this, uh, New Year's Mondo, do you want the Dolphins to get the Bills at their full shot, knowing what they did yesterday against the Patriots, knowing what they've done over the last nine games? Or if you're a Dolphins fan, should you keep your fingers crossed that they tank the game? So... You know, I'm a certain kind of person, and uh, that kind of person is maybe a little aggressive, (laughs) Um, and and so therefore, I don't care for the easy way. Mm -hmm. I I just I I just don't. And, And and work with me here. So the choice really is: do the Dolphins? Um make the playoffs based on an opponent tanking, because that's what it would be if the Buffalo Bills decide we're not playing our best and our best players for this game against the Dolphins. Uh, they they do the tank, they go to the playoffs, and, you know, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Um, or do you want them to make it based on excellence, based on something, accomplishment, achievement. And then they go to the playoffs and, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I I prefer the achievement and the excellence and the accomplishment uh, way of doing it. Of course. Of course, the best thing for the Dolphins would be to go up there to Buffalo uh, where it's going to be cold and they don't really play a lot of cold weather games and their quarterbacks from Hawaii. And, you know, it's it's going to be it's going to be tough, tough situation for them against maybe 
the second best team in the entire league. I mean, they're really, really good. Um, certainly going up there and winning that game to secure a spot in the playoffs is with Tua Tungabailoa throwing for 300 yards and them having a great day on offense is obviously the best scenario. But I think Flo would be okay if they got into the playoffs and the Bills played their starters for a series or two, and then Matt Barkley threw Xavier Howard two picks, one of which was returned for a touchdown, and the Dolphins play well, not great, but well, and beat the backups. I think he would prefer those two scenarios to this one. Uh, I think that if they lose on Sunday and get in because, like, the Jaguars or the, 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 the Steelers who are going to probably tank two or somebody else who they need help from gives them that help and they back in, I think that's the that's that's the number three option for this organization. I think they would rather beat a bunch of backups uh, than lose to the starters and only get in because they got some luck. And this all, of course, uh, you know, I guess assumes that if the Dolphins played the Bills straight up, they would lose. Is oh, that what you're the, saying? On the road, they'd be touchdown underdogs. So you're saying the Dolphins aren't as good as the Buffalo Bills? I, I I think I am. I think I've come. It's taken me 17 weeks to, uh, to, 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 to accept that reality, but I think the Buffalo Bills are uh, better than any team in the AFC not named the Kansas City Chiefs. With a quarterback named Josh Allen, Adam Beasley? They've, uh... That... Ah, ah, I backed you into a corner! I, I should be a lawyer! Chasing ambulances! Is that, who's, is that who's the quarterback for the Bills? Because who I see out there every Sunday or Monday in this week doesn't look like the Josh Allen I know. Doesn't look like the Josh Allen of the first two seasons that couldn't hit uh, the ocean falling out of, out of a boat. Uh, he is a completely different quarterback. He is a completely improved quarterback. He's going to get his offensive coordinator a head coaching job, in my opinion. And because of his huge quantum leap forward, uh, they're a legit contender for the world championship. And therein lies the moral of the story, which I think is sometimes players develop and improve, and people like you and I um, should learn a lesson that when we're speaking about players, we're speaking about them today, mm-hmm. and not and not for you know all time. I learned that lesson years ago, um, and I forgot it in speaking about Mike Gesicki. Because I saw Mike Gesicki his first year and a half, and I was so down on him because I just thought he's not he's not tough, he's kind of soft, he's not a blocker, and he doesn't like contact uh, over the middle. And guess what? All of a sudden, he's not soft, he's better, he's still not a great blocker and not even a very good blocker, but they're using him. They figured out how to use him. And now he's not, you know, the the bad pick that I thought he was with the number two pick in 2018, was it? Um, he's better. He's good. Yeah, I mean, not only is he good, but there's a degree of toughness that we did not believe he had early on. And I'll admit I was wrong about him as well. Um, Mondo, he wasn't right. On Saturday, he no, he, no. he was he was 13 days removed from a shoulder injury that looked like it could have ended his season. He he lost feeling in his arm for a bit. He acknowledged on Monday uh, he thought it was just a dead arm at first, but when it didn't come back, he realized, oh no, something's up. Um, he still doesn't have great range of motion with that arm, and he's going across the middle making 
gutsy catches. I was going to say the other word, but this is a PG uh, broadcast. Gutsy catches in traffic to sustain and extend their season uh, that I don't know if anybody else on this roster would make. Those catches were incredible. They were impressive. And uh, the Dolphins wouldn't be where they are today without Mike Kosicki. If I could steer you back to the Josh Allen situation oh, for thanks. a second. I appreciate uh, that. Well, because <laughs> he, he's not going to – unlike Brian Dayball, their, their offensive coordinator, Josh Allen's not going to go away. Mm-hmm. He's going to be in the AFC East for a long time. Uh, and uh, the Dolphins aren't being, uh, you know, somehow moved to the AFC South or something like that. They're going to face Josh Allen – for a long time. So my question to you is, don't you want to see how the number one scoring defense in the NFL deals with Josh Allen? Don't you want to see uh, if there's actually a, a rivalry, you know, blossoming here that will carry us for years and years? I would love to see that on January 9th or 10th. I do not want to see that on January 2nd or January 3rd, or whatever it is. I would love to see that matchup in the playoffs uh, with the entire nation watching um, then then see it this Sunday uh, when, you know, I, the Dolphins would probably lose to a full-strength Bills team and a good chance that they'd make the playoffs. I think, I, I think, I think this team has earned the right to get to the postseason. Um, is, is, that, is that Brian Flores calling to tell me I'm wrong? Uh, this is Josh Allen, the Josh Allen bat phone. <laughs> it's the Josh Allen bat line. He's he's not a happy camper with you, man. That's all I have to say. That's all I have to say. And I and I fully admit that I did not see this 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 jump coming. I I, I didn't see it. I thought that he. I thought that inaccurate quarterbacks remain inaccurate. I thought his decision making was poor, and they fixed him. And they fixed him, and, and, and he looks marvelous out there. He is one of the best. I'll say this, not only one of the best quarterbacks in the league, he's one of the best players in the league. I'd say he's one of the 10 or 15 best players, regardless of the position, that has an impact on his team in the National Football League. So certainly hats off to him. Uh, and I would love to see Xavier Howard and Byron Jones try to rise to that occasion and, 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 and try to dethrone them. I think that would be great. I would rather see it in the playoffs because I think this team, with what they've been through, what they've accomplished, where they've come from in the last year, uh, doing it with a little bit of smoke and mirrors, certainly because of their quarterback situation, um, I, I would like to see them in the postseason. I'd like, to, I'd like to see them in the playoffs. And I think that if they have to beat a full-strength Bills team to get there, they're probably not going to get there. Before we go to break, I want to I wanna bring up this point to you and present it to you as a as a New Year's thought for the day. <clears throat> so, Josh Allen was not all that great. He was pretty good last year, I thought, but he's much, he's really great this year. Um, the, the Bills obviously got a lot of work out of him in the offseason to where he went with a quarterback guru and improved his uh, percentage by, his completion percentage by 10 full points. But the Bills helped him. The Bills went out and traded for Stephon Diggs, who is a baller mm-hmm. and, and one of the best receivers playing in the NFL today. And obviously, the result was 
that Stephon Diggs is having his best season. Josh Allen is having his best season. They are a thing. I think that the Miami Dolphins, who earlier this year, Brian Flores, their coach, said, we're looking at the Bills' uh, way of doing things, the Bills' way of building, and we're using that. We're using a lot of that. Note to Brian Flores, get Tua Tungavailoa, somebody really good like Stephon Diggs. In fact, get him a rookie and a veteran like Stephon Diggs and help the man. Because right now, I don't think that you can make a solid judgment on Tua and say he is this or he is that until we see him surrounded by ballers. I, I, I think that's fair. I'm going to have a slight rebuttal to that after we go to break. But first, Amando, I wanted to let you know this. Uh, it's, it is 12, 10 p.m. on Tuesday, so when you guys listen to this, it'll be a little dated. But the Dolphins just uh, – I'm sorry, the Steelers just announced that Big Ben will not start on Sunday. So things get more complicated for the Miami Dolphins. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. So we just shared that news, New Year's Mondo, that the Steelers are going to rest their franchise quarterback, meaning the Dolphins, who would need help if they, uh, if they lose to the Bills, won't have a full-strength Steelers team trying to beat the Browns. Uh, that's not good news, is it? It's not good news for the Miami Dolphins if they, wanna, if they need to back into the playoffs. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Um, if they want to break the door down, then, you know, nobody cares. And I'm sure that... If we ask Dolphins people, Dolphins players, Dolphins coach or coaches, they're going to say, yeah, whatever. We're, we're focused on our game. Uh, but the truth of the matter is their back-in option is, uh, you know, that, that, that is more, much more slim now. So yeah, what's not, your, I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's not, it's, 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 it's not a great turn of events. And I understand what you're saying, that you want to assert yourself instead of being passive. But sometimes teams luck their way into the playoffs and make some noise. I mean, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but, I mean, the, 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 the Giants, each of the times they won the Super Bowl, were dead. Their seasons were dead. And they got some help, and they got on a roll, and they got into the playoffs. So uh, I, I don't think you look a gift horse in the mouth, so to speak. Uh, a, a playoff spot is a playoff spot, and 10 wins is 10 wins. And, and, and any other year, a 10-win team and a 17 field uh, would absolutely be in the playoffs. So I get that. 
I wanted to get back to your broader point, though. Yes, getting, the rebuttal. Getting getting to a help. Yes, he needs help. Yes, his 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 number one receiver uh, shouldn't be Jakeem Grant <laughs> on, on, on a game they need for the playoffs, which was the case against the Raiders. And I know Devontae Parker has been hurt. Um, he needs certainly a lot more help. That being said, New Year's Mondo, Ryan Fitzpatrick is playing with the same exact guys that Tua Tungabailoa is playing with, and he is worlds more productive. I mean, it's not even close how much more productive Fitz is right now in this offense than Tua. So while more skill position players will help, a more assertive, a more gutsy, uh, a, 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 a more confident Tua Tungabailoa throwing the ball downfield with some conviction, that's going to help a lot more. So I know that that's how it looks. The statistics don't 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 agree with you. World's more productive. Um, yes. 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 On a yes, yards per yards per attempt, uh, touchdown percentage. Um, I mean, really? It, it, yes. The offense is more effect, effective with with Ryan Fitzpatrick. They move the ball and they score more points possession. It's 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 been clear throughout the entire season. Okay. The, so. The, I, and, I, and, and, and the touch, and now you're going to tell me touchdown interception. I think that is a bogus stat this year for Tua, and here's why. Uh, at least half of his touchdown passes have come on drives that are 30 yards or less. The defense gives them a short field, and he is a good, accurate passer when things get tight in the red zone. I'll give him that. But he's not, he's not a quarterback that we've seen throughout the course of the season move his team 70, 75, 80 yards to go and score a touchdown. I think he's done it like once over the last two or three weeks, and a lot of those, I know people are going to cite the second half of the Patriots team. They ran the ball 30 times in the second half of the Patriot time, Patriots game. He was a he was a complimentary piece. Ryan Fitzpatrick is the reason they score points. Tua Tungabaloa, when they score points, is along for the ride. So Tua has 10 touchdowns uh, and two interceptions. Ryan has 13 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Um, really? How, so, how, many, how many how many picks and you know this to be true? How many picks has Tua thrown that have been dropped? I would say it would I would say it would be at least even interceptions if he wasn't getting lucky. And that's the truth. Well, wait a second now because that happens in the NFL, and I I am a grand believer in it all evens out. You know, I I, I just think that the fact that someone committed a penalty on the play counts. And so, therefore, that interception that he threw or that interception that was thrown right to the defender's hands <laughs> and, and, and the guy dropped it, that happens. It has happened to Fitz, by the way. And so if we're going to start counting almost interceptions, are we also going to start counting almost touchdowns? Are we going to start counting almost yards? We're not. Well, That's if we if – we, if, if, if we're if we're counting almost touchdowns, how about the one Matt Collins dropped that that fits through in his bread basket at the goal line? I mean, uh, that's my point. I'm not counting almost. I'm counting in fact. I, I don't think you can argue that the number of three and outs. Now, the one thing two has had for him, uh, and and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's fraudulent, but you know I, I understand your point. The one thing he's had for him, he's taken better control, care of the football, and the Dolphins have not turned the ball over as much when he is on the field than when Fitz is. And so, and I understand the Dolphins thinking, and and we got into it today with with Chan Gailey a bit uh, about how he wants this team, and I'm sure he has, is an extension of Brian Flores wants this team to be a team that is a ball control offense that runs eight, nine, ten, eleven play drives, uh, 
you know, keeps the opposing offense off the field uh, and, 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 and plays it safe. That, that way, is so dumb, Chan. That is dumb. Explain why. All right. So I'm standing before Chan Gailey and looking way much younger because I am. And, and I'm telling him, Chan, I have my two fists closed, all right? And within <laughs> those closed fists, there is a pebble. And in one hand, there is the pebble for an explosive Kansas City Chiefs-style offense. And in the other hand, there is no pebble, which means you're going to be the grinded-out, ground-and-pound, four yards in a, cr- in a cloud of frustration offense that you currently are. Pick one, and if he picks the one that is the frustration hand, you think he's going to be happy? I think he's dealing with the hand he's dealt. And the hand he's dealt, as we mentioned, a diminished group of skill position players through injury, through COVID opt-outs, through whatever you want to say, that they that what the, that the offense they put on the field against the Raiders was not an NFL caliber skill position offense. It just wasn't. That being said, um, I think it's also a reflection on their level of trust in the quarterback. That uh, I do not believe that if uh, Fitz was out there from the start against Oakland, that they would have 45 yards passing at halftime, that they'd be throwing a bunch of three- and four-yard dump-outs. I think that they would be – he might not be throwing it 30, 40 yards downfield, but the intermediate routes, the seam routes to Kaseki that, you know, the – I know Devontae didn't play last week, but what Fitz does very well is throw those contested 50-50 balls 15, 20 yards downfield of Devontae, which this offense has to have because they don't have speed guys who will just run away from you. Uh, They would be calling more of those plays if Fitz had played the entire four quarters as opposed to coming in in the fourth quarter. So two more issues that we have to handle before we go on to our diaper-wearing New Year's uh, (laughs) celebration. Issue number one, uh, the 59-yard, the the dynamic 59-yard touchdown Mm -hmm. that Fitzpatrick threw to Miles Gaskin. How far did that ball travel? I think about eight yards. Yeah. Uh, and, And so my point, I think, is that we ripped Tua for throwing a dump off to McGaskin, but Fitzpatrick did the same thing, and he got a 59-yard touchdown out of it. Sure, that's absolutely true. The Dolphins also got a field goal earlier in the game, uh, I think the previous possession, because uh, Fitz was only on the field for three drives, where the only reason they scored that field goal is because he dropped a beautiful 25, 30-yard dime over the linebacker's head to, contested by the way, to Mike Kosicki that gave him first and goal. And I have not seen Tua make a throw like that in weeks. I want to see Fitzpatrick go to the New England Patriots next year and the the Dolphins defense just blow him up. I really do. (laughs) Seriously, because I, I get the love for Fitz and I love him too because he's a great leader and a great quote and all that. But there reaches a point where Tua needs to get out of the shadow of Fitz. That, that is just a fact. Well, here's the point, and I agree, and it, but here's, here's the question. Do you do that with your season on the line? No, I think, no. I, I th- I think Flo owes it to that locker room that if Tua is going three and out every single possession, you make a change. I think he absolutely owes it to the team to do that. Uh, you mean a change in starter? I, 
let me ask you this, and I think this is the fundamental question. If they, if, if Tua goes and struggles this week, and, and I hope it doesn't happen. People think I root against Tua. That's not true at all. I'm just telling you what I see with my eyes. But if he goes up to, to Buffalo and struggles, and they pull him even earlier than the fourth quarter, and Fitz leads into to, to victory, you think Tua should start the playoff game? Yes. Oh, I don't. And, I don't. and furthermore, I don't believe that Tua should be benched. Because he, here's, here's my thinking on this, and you tell me where I'm wrong. I believe that this season is not about making the playoffs. It's not about winning 10 or 11 games. It's not about any of that crap. It's about making sure that you have a franchise quarterback that you can do those things with in the next decade. And if you don't have that guy, you better know it very fast because next year you have the number three overall pick and you might need to uh, address that situation. So I want Tua Tungavailoa to be in adverse situations. I want him to be behind in the fourth quarter, needing to go fast and bring a team back from the brink of defeat. If he isn't put in that situation, he cannot overcome that situation. Uh, I, I disagree with you in this way. Uh, they, the Dolphins didn't pull Tua despite him stinking in the first half against the Chiefs and getting blown out uh, in the second half because that, that, that wasn't a game they thought they were going to win. They'll never admit it, but I think that's if, – if they're like, if we can have one game where we can have this experiment, we'll do it here. And it, it worked out pretty good. I mean, they got back in the game. They didn't win it, obviously, but Tua threw a bunch of, for a bunch of yards in some garbage oh. time. And no, no, no. no. Oh. First of all, they didn't win the game, Armando. He, he, they didn't. They okay. didn't win the game that Fitzpatrick played against Denver. He was on the drive. For, he was on the field for two possessions in that game. But they didn't if, win if, the game. If, if, if Fitz had played all four quarters of that game, they would have won easily. Against we don't know because, that. He threw yes, an he interception. He, he, he's, he better, the he's the better player in 2020. He might not be the player in 20. Better player in 2020. He better not be the better player in 2021. But he's the better player in 2020. And I understand. Right. I, I understand what this team is doing. This team is trying to do two things at the same time. And the two things are make the playoffs, win as many games as possible, and develop the quarterback. But at some point, those things come in, in, in tension with each other. They come in conflict. And, and Flo has shown now he is going to take winning over the feelings and, and, and thoughts and maybe the small incremental growth of his quarterback in the moment. Is it the wrong decision? We'll find out going down the road. But I, I applaud him for not just – pitching up the tent, and because and, they, they were not going to win that Raiders game if two had stayed in the game. He was bad. I mean, he was so bad in that game. He wouldn't have just magically flipped the switch and saying, despite being completely ineffective for, for, for nine possessions, the last three, I'm going to be lights out. That doesn't happen. It just wasn't going to happen that way. And so I, I applaud Flo for making the right decision, making the change, and in the moment, going with the team. All I'm saying is you don't know until you let it happen. And I, look, I cannot say with with certainty, and neither can you, by the way, that if Tua remains in the game, they lose. We can't say that with certainty. Maybe Tua all of a sudden gets lucky, too, and throws up a prayer <laughs> while his face mask is being yanked in, a, in, in all sorts of wrong angles. And somebody blows a coverage like what happened to Fitz, 
and Matt Collins catches a punt of a pass. <laughs> because that, by the way, was not Fitz excellence. That was pure, unadulterated luck. You, and, call, you call that luck, New Year's Mondo? I call it magic. Or fist magic, if you will. <laughs> uh, one more thing before we go, Adam. Is Devontae Parker a tragic and terrible disappointment? Oh, God. He is a disappointment in 2020. There is no doubt about that. Um, I don't know what's, what's going on with him physically. You've heard each of the last two weeks that, yeah, it's no big deal. He's going to play. Each of the last two weeks he's practiced on a limited basis. And each of the last two weeks he has not been active on Sunday. Um I, I, I don't like to be prisoner of the moment. Sometimes you get wrapped up in it. But if, if, if he can't strap it on and play this week, I, that's not a great sign. I don't understand this guy. Um, uh, I mean, I was told last week that he was telling teammates he was playing. Yes, I've heard, uh, I heard the same exact thing. And so how do you go from let's, – let's do the exercise. Brian Flores said – after what was it the uh, the game previous to that the New England game that that Parker was among the group of guys who were very close to playing in that game mm-hmm. and one week later he's the only one of that group that doesn't play that that singles him out a little bit and it, it's very disappointing because the Dolphins have made the the terrible mistake of or this year they made the terrible mistake of trusting a wide receiver room, all of which were durability questions, all of them. Preston Williams was a durability question. He blew out his knee last year. Jakeem Grant is a durability question. He's been on IR the last two seasons. Devontae Parker is a durability question. He's, he's had durability issues all his career. Uh, Albert Wilson was a durability question. Alan Hearns was a durability question. And yet that's the receiver group that they trusted. And guess what? Here we are in December when they need these guys to play make and make the difference for them. And, and they're all dealing with what? Oh, durability issues. Yeah, they, they – look – I'm going to cut them just a little bit of slack here because they tearing down a team and rebuilding it doesn't take it takes more than one or two years and they made they they made the decision this past offense this past, I'm sorry this past off season to to address the defense and they 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 thought you know 2021 is when we put the cherry on top and get all these dynamic skill position players well they're kind of paying for paying a piper at this point I think they always they always thought that. Free agency and draft in the 2021 draft, the 2021 offseason, is where we're going to really get those home run hitters. Well, that, that might be a solid long-term plan, but in this season, in this moment, it's backfiring a little bit on them. So, yeah, I, 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 I'll close on this. I don't know. I, I have no inside information at this point if Devontae will play or not this weekend, but I can say with pretty strong conviction that they will not have enough offense to beat a full-strength Bills team if he does not play. All right, so uh, thank you for your excellent and very erudite close. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, am, I am very impressed with your end-of-year close. Uh, my end-of-year close is a diaper, and so, <laughs> therefore, uh, I am going to go off into my diaper-wearing day 
and my diaper wearing New Year's Eve and my diaper wearing New Year's Day and wish you all, all of you, all of you, a very, very prosperous New Year. And we want to thank you really for listening to us this year. I think, um, Adam, star of the show, you you might want to give them a big smooch send-off. Yes? Mm-hmm.